My name is Kate Socialite, and you're listening to episode 163 of The Kate Show. Guys, today we have such an exciting interview. I've been trying to get these ladies on the podcast for months, and they're finally here. Today I'm talking to none other than Annette and Sarah of Thanks for Visiting. Here's the deal, guys. Airbnb, VRBO, and the entire short-term rental market is booming right now. As an interior designer, stager, or organizer, there's no reason why you can't get in on this action too. Short-term rental hosts face unique obstacles that you could help solve given your natural skill sets and your industry experience. If you're looking for a new niche, this might be it. That's why today on the Kate Show podcast, I'm interviewing these two pioneers in the short-term rental entrepreneurship space. Annette and Sarah have so much information they're going to share with you today, and it's going to help you niche down and scale up in the right ways, right for your brand and right for your host clients. Now, before you scramble to add stage to rent services to your website, I want you to hear the entire interview first. There is a right and a wrong way to do this. Don't cripple your brand by rushing ahead without a plan. Annette and Sarah walk us through exactly what you need to do if you want to create a profitable stage-to-rent niche in your home industry business. Before we hop into this interview, I want to share with you a little bit about them. So Annette and Sarah, like I said, are the founders of Thanks for Visiting. They help Airbnb hosts master every detail of their hosting business so they can have a powerful revenue stream they can actually rely on. From property acquisition, to branding, to building savvy systems, to making every short-term rental beautiful and safe, Annette and Sarah believe if you host with heart, profits will follow. Now, on top of that, they also have a separate training program for stagers, property stylists, people like that, who actually want to, like I said earlier, create a niche within their own brand that helps these hosts serve their guests well. A big part of having a good space is having a well-designed space, and Annette and Sarah teach you how to stage and style for short-term rentals. It's amazing. I am so excited. Let's jump right into this interview. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by Employee2Designer. Employee2Designer is a 12-week coaching program for anyone who is dreaming of becoming an interior designer. This program takes you step-by-step through building a six-figure design business to replace your corporate income and give you the freedom to live life on your own terms and be your own boss. You'll learn the foundational principles of business mindset and confidence, pricing and packaging your services, and the key systems and processes every successful interior designer should use. Employee to Designer is an IDCEC accredited coaching program, which means you'll earn eight credits that you can use toward your official interior design certification. To sign up for Employee to Designer and start your 12-week countdown to a new career, go to EmployeeToDesigner.com. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. This episode of The Kate Show is brought to you by Side Door. As an interior designer, a home stager, a window treatment professional, or a home organizer, you guys deal with products every day, many of which your existing audience would love to own. If you're dreaming of selling product through your website or through your social media platforms, but you just don't want to be bogged down by ordering and shipping and loads of inventory, 
you need Side Door. When Side Door entered the home industry in early 2020, they changed everything. Side Door lets you source and curate the perfect trade-only pieces for your customers' homes. And with their seamless platform, you can create product collections with ease. Curate an entire room, specialize in a certain aesthetic, or simply create a collection of, I don't know, your favorite area rugs. Whatever you know your clients love would make for a great Side Door collection. You curate the look, Side Door handles ordering and shipping, and you make money. Plus, you can sell each collection many times over, creating the perfect opportunity for recurring income. Or if you really just want to keep things simple, you can use Side Door to buy products yourself at designer pricing without needing to have an account with various vendors or meet any of their required minimums. It's about power to the designer, people. If you're ready to truly scale your home industry business, go to OnSideDoor.com and apply to join. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kate Show podcast. I have none other than Annette and Sarah of Thanks for Visiting on the show today. Welcome, ladies. Well, hello. Hello. We're excited to be here. I am so happy to have you here. And I said in the intro to this that we've been trying to do this for a while, but for some reason, everyone is so busy right now, and it's just insane. But I'm glad that we could both make time to do this. And I've got like a list of questions that I sent over to you. And a lot of them are purely selfish. I'm just going to be honest. I am so curious about what you guys do, how you got to where you are, and your entire business model, because you have carved out such a niche for yourself. And I love that. I love that you are so highly specific on everything that you are doing. So I don't care who goes first, but could you guys tell me how you got here today? Sure. You want to start, Nat? Number one, we'll just say that Sarah and I both took very different paths, but our paths both led us to a city council meeting where we were both fighting for our right to continue short-term renting and met Sarah there. And and our missions were very, very similar in our love for short-term rentals, aka Airbnb, Burbo, home away, a vacation rental, whatever you may have there. We just know that it's a space where people want to, to spend an amazing time. And there's a lot of people out there doing heads and beds. And Sarah and I are very anti heads and beds. And we put uh, the design and the hospitality first for people that are staying in our places. And I think let's elaborate a little on heads and beds because I actually attended a training that was put on by a fellow interior designer a while ago. And it was something that she was taught that was good, put as many beds in the spaces as possible. And there are so many reasons why you shouldn't do that. And that you don't have to do that for your clients, the owners, the people that you work with, or maybe your short-term rental owner yourself. So that's what Nettie means by, you know, anti-heads and beds. It's not about packing as many humans in a space as possible. And no, that doesn't mean that your income is going to suffer because of that. But I have a background in interior design, home organizing, and my husband and I also have a deep, deep love for real estate. And we started our journey in New York City. We somehow, I have no idea, bought a home in Astoria, Queens back in 2012. And it had this really cool basement area that it was not, it wasn't a two, it wasn't a duplex property. It was a single family home attached to another home on the other side, which is very normal in New York, but it had a second entrance into the basement and we could lock off a door from the rest of our home. And we added a full bathroom. We like lowered the floors. And at this time, Airbnb was not yet cool or well-known, but I asked Nick if we could try it. Life had also had been transitioning. I used to be a musical theater performer 
when I quit that career, I went to school to get my interior designer certification, my staging certification, also worked in hotels and bars in between gigs. So somehow I found this perfect new career that married real estate design and hospitality. And so that's how I got my start. I try to own the properties that I stage and manage as short-term rentals, although I don't do them. I manage some for other people. But Nettie has a different story about how she got involved in it. I had wanted to just become a part of Airbnb and didn't own any property, but I had a friend who was a real estate developer and he had some extra spaces in his building. It was actually an old Wonder Bread factory. And they were just some challenging spaces that he wasn't able to rent long-term. And I was like, hey, can we try this thing like called Airbnb and see how it goes? And knew out of the gate that design was most important because in our market in Columbus, Ohio, I had done some market research and just went online and there everything was subpar. Like I wasn't excited about any of the listings that I saw. And I'm like, wait, I think if we just design this right we might be able to have an edge over the rest of our competition. And that theory was correct. Started with one, booked nonstop, got another one and another one and another one. And it's kind of all she wrote about that. But what I saw during that, what Sarah's also encountered is it's the number one thing that people ask us about our friends, our family, just at networking events. And we try to deny it for a long time. But like I said, when we met at that city council meeting, it's like, wait a second, we can continue to post and design great spaces, but there's really a need to educate so many people that either A, want to become involved in short-term rentals, or they want to learn more with the potential to become involved or up-level what they're already doing. And so we just, there was kind of magic at that point in time, us joining forces and, and starting to teach not just people in our city, but across the country, across the world um, about this amazing space of short-term rentals and hospitality. What a cool time to be alive. I mean, mm-hmm. sure, there's so much craziness in the world, but there's also so many cool opportunities where you you can actually create your dream career and helping other people do that too, like, oh, gives me chills. Like, what mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. So I hear the passion in your voices. I am so enthralled with this concept of it's not about heads and beds. It's about providing a truly wonderful, immersive experience for these guests. And I would imagine that a lot of that comes from experiencing the not so great things. So did either of you stay in spaces that were just like really subpar? I know you said you saw listings and you were like, ew, gross, but Did you have those personal experiences too that really kind of led into like, here are the things we're never going to do or here are the things we're always going to do in our listings? Yes. And it goes on both ways. I I think we've all have a lot of experience with hotels. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have that, you know, mental list of hotels that I will never forget and would love to stay at again. And then those others where, quite frankly, I probably wear my socks in the shower because it was oh, But um, <laughs> say with short-term rentals, it was like, oh, wait, there are some great photos. But when I got in there, either those weren't the photos or the place has never looked like it did when they got the photos taken. Mm. So really just put myself, exactly what you're saying, Kate, in the shoes of the potential guest. A, what can we show them? Because that's really how you choose your accommodations is strictly through photos and some copywriting. So how can we create that space that draws them in the digital real estate online, but then they can feel comfortable with, but yes, absolutely stayed at some places that were lackluster. Mm -hmm. And so didn't want to repeat that for 
for anyone. Well, and quite frankly, we felt that the lackluster spaces, the hosts or the there's a big market for professional hosts who love to just, uh, I had air quotes there, you listeners, mm-hmm. listeners can't see that, but um, <laughs> they just throw beds in there and brag about finding things on the side of the road and just starting up the business on the cheap. Mm-hmm. And it really just gives short-term rentals such a bad name. And so it was affecting our businesses, it's affecting the whole overall brand of short-term rentals as they were just starting to get really uh, well-known. And that's also something that put a fire under both Annette and myself to just level up that you can make your spaces unique and beautiful and quality and above all else safe while using thoughtful interior decorating and design and furnishing. And it could be a win-win for everybody. One trip to Ikea. We're, we're, that's oh, that's yes, what we so. hear from everybody. <laughs> we're trying to combat that. Like That's the thing that we hear. Oh, we just go to Ikea one time and like oh, it's man. done. And it's like, oh, we love Ikea. Yeah. Don't get us wrong. No, that yeah. serves its purpose. But we're trying to battle that. Like, well, you just go to Ikea and make it happen. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I'm, all the designers listening right now are cringing at the thought of IKEA yeah. because yes, it has its time and place, but not as frequently as people might think. Uh, right. I know that stuff does not hold up, especially when you've got guests coming in and out. If you let kids in the in there as well, oh my goodness, <laughs> I have a toddler, yeah. so things break. Like it just happened. <laughs> so, how long ago did you guys meet, and how quick has this journey been? We met in 2018. I believe it was a summer. Yeah, it was warm. It was. <laughs> um, we had already been had a storied history as hosting, so we we already were experienced. So our conversations after that fateful meeting at City Council were so in depth and were so um, high level that I think we just found our match in each other. Nettie also has a really uh, solid understanding of the business side of operating short term rentals and businesses in general, and then I brought to the component the how deep we can go into thoughtful design mm-hmm. and it was just this match made in heaven in 2018. That is so cool that you both recognize that the other has those different skill sets because I know sometimes when people start businesses together they just say okay everything is 50 50 like everyone has to be involved on everything and I think there are a lot of ways that can go south yes. so sounds like you guys have some pretty clear boundaries as far as this is Annette's thing. This is Sarah's thing. Do you have any tips for people who are in business with a friend? Because I actually have quite a few listeners who are either in business with a friend or with a spouse, which is even trickier. Yeah. For those listeners that don't know, Sarah actually does both of those. Sarah is in business (laughs) with her husband and me. So I don't know how she is saying, but I have one tip that Sarah and I, um, we didn't do out of the gate, but it has served Mm -hmm. us so unbelievably, like we can't even imagine how this one thing served us so well. We took a predictive index. It's a sort of a personality test, but we had a professional give us that predictive index test. It's just two questions, but it gave us such a behind the scenes of who we are and how we operate. And I think after we saw those results and the professional that did that test with, he broke it down our strengths, what works for us, what won't work for us. How to work together, it, knowing what we know of each other. Like Nettie's going to need these things from you, Sarah. Annette, Sarah is this. And so you need to make sure she has this, this, and this. But he also confirmed that our two personalities are like peanut butter and jelly. You know, like it was like we did, we unintentionally were a match made in heaven. Now for listeners out there who are like, oh no, what if we're not? 
my husband and I <laughs> are the same personality type. And the guy who administered this test for us was like, I have no idea how y'all are still in business. And we've been in business since 2014. But again, it's that knowledge of knowing even that component where when I get frustrated because I am essentially working with myself <laughs> every day that I'm able to just take a step back, make a, a pivot or, or, or just be quiet, let him do his thing when that's necessary. And Knowledge is power, I guess is what we're saying. Yeah. And understanding the personality that you're working with is it, it game was, changing. Like, honestly, it was like, we took that test and it, it wasn't even, I was thinking about Sarah. I was like, we haven't, anybody on our team now, like mm. they take it. Mm-hmm. It's like a prerequisite because really it helps us. It helps that person understand themselves so well. And then it also helps everyone on the team understand how to work together. And I cannot speak enough about how, that has helped us really have a greater understanding and then also help us move forward when we are bringing on team members. There are some places where Sarah and I, with all those strengths that we do have, we have some huge weaknesses and those need to be the next people that we bring on our team to help fill in those weaknesses. Because I think everybody knows like birds of a feather flock together. Like you like to hang out with people that kind of have all your same traits, but if you're trying to build something at long lasting, you've got to make sure that everyone's sitting in the right seat. So mm-hmm. that, that was really, and, and I don't care what of it, whether it's an Enneagram or predictive index, anything that's insightful like that will help you understand who you're working with and yourself. Oh yes, for sure. I'm a huge fan of those personality tests. And I have to ask, do you guys know your Enneagram numbers? I'm a three. I'm an achiever. Hardcore. I, 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 we've done this. Yeah, we've done done this. I, I can't remember. My you are not a three. Yeah. So I bet you whatever my Enneagram is will tell you that that's why I don't remember what my Enneagram is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. Well, I'm a three as well. So oh, okay. I, I can appreciate that. I find that a lot of business owners are either threes or eights, I think. So hmm. it's, it's interesting. Yeah. That whole yeah. thing is so fascinating. But thank you for that advice, because that's going to help people when you approach team building from almost like a a scientific perspective, uh, Mm -hmm. because it is science. It totally, there's a lot of science in our personalities. And a lot of the designers and the stagers that my agency works with are often like, who do I hire next? Do I hire an admin assistant? Do I hire a junior designer? I want to start up my whole Airbnb side of the business. Who do I hire for that? But you just answered all those questions. It all depends on the business owners and their strengths and their weaknesses. So I'm glad that you went there. Now, as we're talking about business and where you guys want to be, what is your long-term vision for Thanks for Visiting? Because you ladies have a lot going on and I can see the wheels turning even through Zoom right now. So like, (laughs) are there any goals or big dreams or things you have in the works that you want to share? Yeah, lots of things, but we don't have all the time. But I mean, number one, Sarah and I do have our podcast that is near and dear to us. And we want to continue that we're over a hundred episodes there. And that is our content that we would continue to provide and serve our audience and bring the best guests on there. That's our continued path. And then we also have our education piece, which really what Thanks for Visiting is. And we have a mentorship, a membership there now. And then we have a staging certification Mm -hmm. that we offer too. And at the end of the day, the biggest thing is we want to start our own real estate fund. You know, we want to start buying our own real estate and grow our brand that way also. 
That is awesome. And that's a lot. I mean, just the podcast <laughs> by itself is a lot. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> like this, I know. I can't believe you guys are up to over a hundred episodes already. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. We started the podcast almost very shortly after we met. We knew that we needed to get our message out there and yeah. learn so much. I'm sure, you know, it's like you're an expert. Yes, but there's always something to learn. And so oh, we yeah. do solo episodes. We also bring in a lot of experts to share their knowledge in the field and man, is it not helpful for us? Because we do, we have a boutique short-term rental agency where we host for other owners. We believe that we've got to do it if we're going to teach it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just a great way for us to share all the relationships we're building with the podcast with, with our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've actually, I've listened to your podcast and I really like it. And when you started talking about being anti-heads and beds, I was giggling on the inside because that is the episode I was listening to. And one <laughs> okay. of you went on a rant about it and I loved it because like, that's what podcasts are for. They're for ranting. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's probably a rant. I hope it's probably me, honestly. And I, Sarah, and I, I hope I gave a disclaimer, like in the next three minutes, I'm going to get on my soapbox and talk about this. Oh, it was, uh, it was perfect because, uh, you know, you're passionate about what you do and that's what makes my audience, the ones who've already told me they're following you. That's why they're following you. Um, because you actually have a, a reason for doing what you're doing. Now you mentioned quite a few times the education piece around short-term rental. So can you explain quickly what the big difference is in staging or property styling really for short-term rentals versus traditional real estate? Like what, what are the key differences? Oh, absolutely. Sarah, take this away. Oh. This is, well, here, this is where it gets really good. We love this. We could talk about this all day. Staging and interior designers, remember, especially with staging properties to sell, oftentimes, I would say 99% of the time, the person who's going to buy the property gets to walk through it. They get to touch, see, and feel it. You don't have that in short-term rentals. You also remove all of your belongings before the homeowner lives within the home. So the kind of furniture you select is so important and how it's going to function within the property to serve guests over and over and over again. And then, of course, we have the safety component, whereas trip slips and falls of a number one liability in short-term rentals. And a lot of that time, it has to do with either the interior or exterior design selections and, of course, the furnishings that we put into the property. So it's so much, I mean, we our, our tagline for our, our, our staging component of our um, educational platform is it's so much more than where you put the couch. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, of course, important. But I'm sure all your listeners, they walk into a space and they, they've already got it painted in their head of where things are going to go. And that's fantastic. But from there, we'd like to say that we have, you know, nine, 10 years of experience now, knowing how all of that design component is going to play into the safety and the long-term enjoyment of the guests and that property making money for a long time, not just the short term. Mm-hmm. Such and good, yeah. To, to toggle off what Sarah said too, you know, if you're, if you're just staging a home let's say for sale, you're not worried about what type of mattress goes in there. Right. And that's the, I mean, people, that's what people are really paying for. They're paying to spend the night there. So there's, there's these elements of actually putting things in the kitchen that people are going to use that you're just, you don't normally do if you're doing just a stage to sell or just interior design. Those are things that people normally have or they would curate on their own. So there's a lot of elements in the short-term rental when you're preparing it that you just, you don't normally encounter with your other clients. Admittedly brought this to Nettie's attention, my, my desire to 
do some sort of educational component for staters and interior designers because mm. as an agency owner for hosting, I no longer had all the bandwidth to always stage them, or I would inherit these properties that looked beautiful and they were we're sitting in one that was designed by uh, another interior designer stager and so many components were still missing and we were not ready to open our doors for business. And I then just charged the client for me to finish the job. And my heart went out to my colleagues, my my fellow designers. who was like, you left some money on the table. You could have done this a little bit further, complete, hand it over to a a management company or back to the owner if they're self-managing and truly have it be a business that's ready to start running. Oh man. Okay. There's a lot we can unpack here. I'm taking a break from this episode really quickly to chat about side door one more time. Why? Well, guys, I believe you shouldn't have to constantly trade hours for dollars in your business. And I bet you believe the same thing. If you are ready to take your home industry business to the next level, you need to consider signing up for side door. Side door is the only platform that lets you create a custom shop of your favorite trade only products. You make the sale and they'll handle ordering and shipping. Or you could just use SideDoor to purchase products yourself at designer pricing without any vendor accounts or minimums required. It honestly doesn't get any more brilliant than this. So many of my listeners are already using SideDoor and for good reason. You can sell products on your own website and even from your own social media profiles. It's pretty much genius. If you have dreamed about having an online shop, but you just didn't want to take care of the technology or having inventory or just all the headache and stress that can come along with that, SideDoor could be a great solution for you. Sign up at OnSideDoor.com. Let's talk about that money that's being left on the table, because that's why the designers and stagers and organizers are listening right now. They see this as an income source, whether they end up creating spaces and hosting themselves or just offering this as a service to clients. So you're saying that even spaces that have been worked on by a professional in the home industry, they're still missing key components. It kind of goes along with one of the questions I sent you ahead of time where it's like, you've got this listing that has technically a good location, but it is not being booked out or they can't seem to demand a higher nightly rate. What are some of the things that you see consistently that are missing? You'd be surprised of just bare minimum things that are missing from an iron to an ironing board to maybe just like bedside lamps in every room, things where people are just wanting to use the space as they're spending the night where the the person just, the designer went in and got it up and running quick, maybe a luggage rack. I mean, there are so many things. What are some more like just off the cuff? It's such a loaded question. That's why I'm like pausing because I don't know where to start. But it's, uh, if you're a stager, let's take that for example. You have uh, at least a baseline understanding of real estate. You understand the appraisal, or at least you should, the appraisal process. You understand what the realtors are going through when they are looking for buyers or what the, the listing agent is going through when they're working with the owner. Like you have to understand all the people that you end up assisting. And what we're finding is that stagers and two designers, organizers don't truly understand the short-term rental industry because it is quite different 
than the real estate for sale industry. And so that disconnect reads once we get paying guests in the space, especially if the owners also have no idea because it's their first short-term rental. And what happens is guests leave reviews. And if it's on a platform like Airbnb, Verbo, HomeAway, it's not just, did you like the space or not? It asks you detailed questions about the space. And if you are getting dinged on it being comfortable, on it not being thoughtful, then those listing platforms start hiding your listing on page five, six, seven, eight. And there are hundreds of listings, even if you're in a sub-market or a small town, there are a lot of listings out there that can beat you. And as we all know, we all have short attention spans. So if that listing isn't being boosted by these booking platforms, and if the photography is not speaking to the potential guest and the copywriting is not speaking to the potential guest, that listing is gonna get buried. And we believe very strongly that stagers, organizers, interior designers could be the backbone to opening up successful short-term rentals if they have a holistic understanding of the short-term rental industry. What you said is, you're speaking my language because you're talking about positioning in the market, you're talking about branding and perceived value. So when someone is like, oh, I'm gonna do this, it's gonna be easy, I'm just gonna throw together a space and like list it, where should they actually start? You don't have to give away all your trade secrets, but how do you get the foundation correct before you build the entire house, literally or figuratively? You just said it a few like sentences back is deciding your number one, you're opening a business. Yes. And you need to decide on your brand, mm-hmm. the mission of your brand, your vision, what kind of vibe, what kind of experience you want your brand to be people might be listening going a brand and it's like, absolutely. You should take opening up your property that serious. And that's how exciting it is. It can be like you are creating a brand and a business. And that's what we say. Start way back at that very beginning, your why and why you're doing this and how you're going to do that. My fellow designers out there, like you're aware that the difference between interior decorator and interior designer is knowledge of international building code. There's also differences between interior design and hospitality design because there are commercial use of property and lighting and all that kind of stuff plays in. I would argue that this is a hybrid of hospitality design and interior design and of course interior decorating, which is also incredibly important and organization because you have to be thinking about Not just it looking beautiful, my friends, but there's going to be a turnover team in here getting the space ready for the next guest. Have you set up the home in order to be turned over efficiently? Have you designed the interior of the hotel to have a proper housekeeping department, proper maintenance department, utility? You know what I mean? Like if you think about that seriously and you can market your service in that way to your community, you will be the standout go-to interior designer for short-term rentals. How important do you think it is for someone who's starting a business like this to have like their own ideal guest in mind? Like, you know, I'm specializing in entrepreneurs who are traveling for work. So therefore my space is going to be set up this way versus families on vacation. How important Mm -hmm. is that? I mean, the most important. I mean, that's part of your your branding. And also, I know you'll love this, Kate, is let the house speak to you. The location needs to speak to you. The property needs to speak to you, whether it's an apartment, a a vacation home, right? Like that all has to kind of lend into what that story is going to be told to the guests that stay there. Yeah, exactly what Sarah said. The location, exactly what the home provides is really going to help you understand 
who your ideal client is. And we can really take this back to hotels. Like we know what you get when you go to a Holiday Inn Express and who's going to be using that space. And we know more who's going to be staying at the Ritz-Carlton. So you can think of those type of things when you're thinking about the property that you're getting ready to host, being very aware of who's going to be in and out of that space and making sure you're catering to what they're going to need while while they're there during their stay. Mm -hmm. It comes down to having the ideal client or the ICA. And Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, the biggest pushback I get from people when I tell them, you have to figure out who your ideal client is. Well, they say, I don't want to accidentally turn anyone away. Therefore, I will work with anyone and I will be universally appealing. And I know there are people listening who will say, I want a short-term rental that is universally appealing so that business people can stay there and families can stay there. And yeah, I, I can see you guys shaking your heads because I'm agreeing with you. Like <laughs> that is not a good strategy. But if someone is having those thoughts, what do you say? Give them the lecture. I mean, here's the deal real quick. This came in my head and I'll let Nettie take it from there. But like, I am probably, you know, marketed to by the, you know, we'll just say, like, I, I told me the other day, I love a Holiday Inn Express. I don't know why, like, the mattresses are fantastic. It's it's clean. It's just, it's, like, budget-friendly, but also, like, they have all those. So, when I'm traveling, I used to be an actor, and whenever we were staying at a Holiday Express, I got excited. It was built for me. It's I, that middle of the road, but in the higher end, like, but that does not mean to say that when Annette and I were traveling, we wanted to treat ourselves, we had a very different filter for when we, you know what I mean? So, while we are attracted to a certain kind of property or brand or what have you, that doesn't mean that we're not going to venture outside of what attracts us as consumers. So if their property is attracting families, that does not mean that you may not attract, you know, a business traveler or, you know, an entrepreneur's uh, business trip as well. But if, man, if you can go narrow and deep all day long, you're going to get those reviews that are going to be like, man, this house like knew exactly what I needed. Like there is a printer there. Like who has printers at their short-term rentals? Well, ours do. If you are in a business district, we know that you're there for on business and you may not need to go to a FedEx or whatever. We've got it all here for you, right? Down to the spaces that cater to families, but you better believe we have different kinds of people staying in those spaces as well. I think when you go narrow like that and are very clear, can be honest, my spaces are not kid-friendly. There are concrete floors and stairs that aren't fully, it's a loft, they're loft spaces. And I say very clearly, this would not be a great place for kids. There aren't bathtubs, they're shower only. And so when you do that also, you make sure that the people that are coming to stay have a good time, right? Like I could say, absolutely, you can bring kids, but it's not going to be enjoyable. You're going to be making sure they're not falling on the concrete floors or slipping through the the stairs and probably want to give them a bath. So it's just being very honest because you have to think about how they're going to enjoy the space and prepare it for the people that would be able to enjoy it the most. And here's the deal. There's going to be enough other spaces Mm -hmm. for for the people that don't choose your place. There's other options for them. And, And I think being very clear on who you're targeting it'll make it easier and you'll stay, it'll, you'll stand out also. So I, I highly recommend choosing as you're planning out your space, who would have the most enjoyable time here and how can we curate that stay? And I'll, go, I'll go back to the reviews. If you cast a wide net and Nettie had not said anything and pointed out the no tub, dangerous stairs, concrete floor, but she not said any of that, just had beautiful pictures, of course, grabbed the parents' attention of how cool that space was. They go and stay. They're worried about their kids the whole time. They leave a review about it and they leave a very different review 
the different things matter to them and they ding the property because it wasn't advertised correctly. And now a beautiful, amazing property in a great location, again, gets buried on. It's just like regular um, SEO ranking on Google. These platforms have the same thing. So you better attract the guests who are going to like and appreciate staying there. It's just better for the overall health of the business of the property. That, that is such a perfect way to explain the need behind it. it because some people will say to me that, well, I'll pick an ideal client, guest, whatever, once I reach a certain point in business, a certain mm -hmm. level of success. But the truth is you will not reach that point unless you get specific because specificity is what sells. And yes. uh, I think you said this, Annette, it, it makes you known for something. And you can't become a specialist if you're just trying to be a generalist. Plus, and I don't do Airbnb for a living, obviously, so you guys are the professionals here, but I would wager that you can charge higher nightly rates when you have a listing that is so specifically attuned to the needs of a certain type of guest. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, like 10,000%. And, and to just let you know too, we, we've turned away so many clients that have wanted us to either design their short-term rentals or host, co-host for them. And we turn them down so many, it's probably, it would be painful for us to tell other business owners how many we've turned away, but they weren't in, a, in alignment with the type of space that we want to provide. And here's the deal. We could have just designed it for them and washed our hands of it, but that wasn't part of our brand and what we wanted to even have our name on. So yeah, there's going to be difficult times that you have to say no to, to money, but Looking back, we would do it, that same thing all over again because those are not the type of spaces that we wanted to, to curate for And by for saying someone. no to those projects, we got to say yes to some amazing, more aligned, make us more happy, probably make us more money if we did the math, projects, knowing who we are, what we want to do, what product we want to leave behind as our legacy, and moving forward, kind of opportunities that will provide us by sticking to that very niche brand that we've developed and decided on back in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because having that niche requires you to also have big picture thinking and big picture goals instead of saying, well, I just want the next guest. I just need the next booking. Right. Yes. Yeah. And working from a place of paranoia, whether you are doing Airbnb or you're just like a traditional designer or stager, like that's never a good thing. And it really filters into other areas of business. And I see it happen more often than not. And it's kind of a scary thing. So uh, I'm glad that all the same rules apply here, all the same rules for success and strategy. And so let's kind of just narrow down a little bit more and talk about the nuts and bolts of putting together a space for Airbnb. Where should people who are doing this professionally as a business be sourcing product? Now, not necessarily looking for a specific brands, but if people are running to Ikea or running to Target to fully outfit their spaces, we've already kind of hinted at there is some issues with that, like no offense to those brands. So would you suggest that designers and stagers who have access to trade only vendors within the home industry, do they use those? Do they use a hybrid? How should they approach that? Yeah, there's a lot of, and we've also come in contact with, and I'm just going to be blatantly honest here, but I'm not opinionated. I'm not being myself. Stagers, designers who are listening right now, stop also trying to look for a template that you can then just check off the boxes. And then it's like stage by numbers, right? With, with when it comes to short-term rentals. Now I understand 
having three to four of the same couch for staging, three to four of the same coffee tables for staging. I get that. We're defining spaces. We're catering to the potential buyers in those areas. But with short-term rentals, the thing that keeps them separate and different from hotels is how unique they are, how special they are, how individualized they are. Now, saying that, yes, when it comes to things that are heavily used, sofas, mattresses, bed frames, when it comes to safety, you know, looking at how something is constructed, if it's just a bunch of wooden tiny dowels and some glue, it's probably not going to last the owner of the property or the guests very long. So are there screws that go involved? You know, what does that hardware look like? And I think a nice blend of commercial uh, products, which a lot of the trade-only partnership brands or, or trade-facing brands have, the they, they will tell you these fabrics, this construction work well in commercial spaces. And that's very important. But then you can mix it with maybe an Ikea frame with a Society6 print. You can get creative with it to make each space individual and special because otherwise it's just another ho-hum space that looks like something else online. Is that helpful? That's totally helpful. And I like how there's really no clear cut, always do this, and it does need to be unique to the listing. And I would think that most designers listening understand that. The thing that I would like to talk about before we wrap this up today is exactly how you guys are serving stagers and designers. You hinted at some of it earlier, but if you could just break down some of the different programs. I know you mentioned you offer a staging certification. That's really awesome, by the way. So can you just tell everybody what you have to offer? So we, um, I think last year, maybe even longer ago, Sarah and I developed a course at Stage to Rent, and it's kind of everything that we've gone over today, all those missing pieces that we've been picking up from stagers after we take over their projects. We designed a course to let you know A to Z, how you get that property ready and actually how to list it, not just stage it, but actually how to put it on the OTAs and list it for the client. So that's stage to rent. And we have a certification, which there's a test involved to make sure that you've watched our, you know, taken the whole entire course. Uh, we have a, an exam at the end and then you're certified then by us to have your certification for stage to rent. What we think is so special about this is all we do is short-term rentals all day, all night, all year. <laughs> so that, that education is coming from a brand that is very niche. Yep. It's not an interior design brand that happens to do some short-term rentals. Like it's all we know the past 10 years, it's all we've done. As I said before, it's not a place where you come and learn how to stage. We're assuming you already know how to make a space beautiful. This teaches you about the industry so you can walk the walk talk the talk and truly be that niche expert in what it means to set up a successful short-term rental because you could totally, uh, listeners, do it from nuts to bolts to online. You could, if you, if that excites you, kind of starting up these mini hotels, getting them online, making sure the copy's great and then setting them run free and making money for the owners full-time, you know, you could really do that project from beginning to end. It could be a truly, really rewarding experience. One thing we like to say too is, if you stage a place and it sells, or you stage, you know, you design a place and the, the the homeowner lives in it, you get one good job, one pat on the back, one paycheck. When you're staging to rent, you there are people enjoying that space over and over and over. So it's like your art and your design mm -hmm. gets enjoyed so much more on such a larger level. And that's where we found that so people that are starting to stage short-term rentals, they get bit by the bug. 
we have someone that helps us right now and she's like she's gonna do 12 soon she's like oh my gosh this is, I, I, I want to do more I want to do more and that's what we find with stage to rent want to let everybody know like once people get certified all of a sudden they're like wait now maybe I can host now and they put in that they have this <laughs> other they start maybe helping the owner host the property and then maybe they start doing consultations so kind of just like what happened with Sarah and I it's this whole other our business you know, opens up to you once you have a true understanding of how to get the place ready, ready to rent. Yeah. And that is so cool. Now I know that you guys have a waiting list right now. Is that right? Do you have a place where people can go sign up for the stage to rent course that you offer? Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. And we'll have that um, in the show notes for you. And so, yeah, if you want to sign up for the wait list when we launch that again, I'm sure Kate will obviously let all of her listeners know and then have everybody when the cart is open and we're ready to, to teach that again. We would love to have as many students as possible because that's our mission is to up-level what it means to be a short-term rental host and create those great experiences for guests. Yes, absolutely. Well, I am so excited to send people over that way. And it is that link is in the show notes for sure. All you listeners go there and check it out. Also, can you tell us where to find your podcast? Anywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs> I might I might send you to thanksforvisiting.me. That's our website and our podcast is available from there. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us from there. Um, if you really go to our hub, which is our website, you can get a hold of all sorts of different great resources and just be a part of a short-term rental community that is all about safety, design, and creating one-of-a-kind spaces. Awesome. All right. Well, I know I've explored the website and everyone else is going to head over there as well. Thanks for visiting.me. I love that you didn't do a .com. That was clever. I really like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, thank you both so much for being here today. It's really nice just chatting with you. Like I said, I love your passion for this industry. I love how niche focused you are and my listeners will get so much value out of our conversation today. Thank you so much for having us, allowing us to share our message. Thank you. All right, guys, listeners, check them out as soon as you're able to get on their waiting list. And we will be back at you next week with more. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com, where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.